Let's put the rad in radical. If you're looking to expand your life, then you've come to the right place. We're Amanda, Ali, and Reina, and each week we're setting the scene to level up our everyday lives in all areas. Mindset, lifestyle, community, and more. And we want you to come with. Welcome to episode 29. Welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed our last episode as we have you know, evolved into being more open and talking a little bit deeper and a little bit more about wild things. So today we have a really exciting episode for you guys. It's actually 420 as we are recording. So for this episode, we thought we would bring up, you know, the reefer, the grass, dope, ganja, Mary Jane, hash, the chronic, chiba, ashes, bammy, blanket. I can keep going. You guys, now that the kids are gone, we're going to talk about weed today to celebrate 420. I have a huge question and I want to know how old you guys were when you tried weed for the first time. First of all, you saying like the reefer, I'm just, I was ganja. Ganja. Um, Well, I come from the West Coast, Vancouver. So weed was always around. I grew up snowboarding and some skateboarding. So uh, definitely, I would think I was probably 15, which is a bit old, even in this day and age. Uh, but I think 15, I know exactly where it was. I was in a girlfriend's um, convertible car and we thought, oh, let's go at lunchtime. And we had like one little joint. We thought we were so bad. Like this, we thought we were so hardcore lighting up the joint in her car. Well, we didn't piece together that we would hot box the whole, whole car and that I would be higher than a kite rolling back into my socials 10 classroom. And uh, so I have sympathy for my teens now. When they come in high, I'm like, yeah, yeah, just sit down, here's some water, you'll be fine. <laughs> it's hilarious that you notice now because you've been through it when they're high and like you just pick up on it. Did they all start around the same age, do you know? Oh, my teens, uh, some of them it's like 13, some have never done any type of drugs. and you know, it's just, it's just more interesting. Yes. It, it takes one to know one. Right. So when my teens come in and they're like, I'm totally fine. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Sit down. Eyes are bloodshot. I know what's up and you smell like skunk, but it's not just, well, actually before I even talk about more 420 goodness, Amanda, I I'm dying to know. Cause I actually, I know the answer. When did you consume weed for the first time? Well, I actually tried it when I was in high school as well. And quite frankly, I was a little older, like 16, 17-ish, and I did not enjoy the experience at all. It was with a friend that I trusted so much at their place, but I bad tripped and I started facing the walls saying, something is wrong, I'm not doing okay, I need to go to the hospital. And this person was like, just chill, man, my mom's upstairs, you're fine. (laughs) Um, How did you, did you smoke it? Yes, I did. still had that, okay. Yes, I did. And it was a complete spiral of no joy, no pleasure in the experience. And so I totally swore off it and I decided never to do it again. Um, But, and that for me was my stance, just terror from experience one. And so I just never got curious about expanding that one moment. So it's funny to hear, you know, how open Ali is because I just know some of my classmates too, like they do it at their lunch break and then I go back in to a class and and I, after I had that experience, I was like, my God, what possesses them to keep going back for more that's not fun at all (laughs) well 
I started also in high school. I don't remember the very first time I did it though, but I grew up in, you know, a super small town in Missouri. And so really the only things you did were either smoke weed and like, you know, back road through the gravel roads and drink beer and that kind of thing. And so I smoked, it was probably about the same age. I would say maybe like 14, 15. Um, but I don't remember my very first time. I do know that I don't, I didn't ever like freak out or anything like that, but it was also really shitty weed. We were in a very super small town in Missouri. Like, I don't think I tried anything good until I was an adult. So yeah. But it's interesting that weed has kind of evolved. Like when I was in high school, it was still, it was like considered something like a bit taboo where now weed is considered medicinal. Right. So I love that the transition has become something. I mean, I openly share that I use CBD. I also use THC to help with my anxiety, um, some postpartum depression that I had, and also for sleep. Like those are things that are so interesting to me that I will use cannabis for medicinal purposes rather than just to get high. I do like to get high. Like, like let's not let's not cloud the subject, but I do think that it's interesting because when I was in high school, it was kind of like, oh my God, let's go to the back alley and smoke weed. Where today it's literally in my, my cabinet in my bathroom and it's a tincture. It's like, I've got millions of different ways to consume it, gummies, all this sort of stuff. And it's, and then I'm like, well, mommy needs to go to sleep now. So (laughs) it's kind of interesting how it's become medicinal. So 420. 420. What are we doing today, ladies? What are we doing? Well, we're all high right now. And no, I'm just kidding. I I do just want to add, because I love that you brought up the medical side of it, because I smoked in high school and then I got pregnant at 18, you know, and I like, I didn't do anything obviously during pregnancy or even after pregnancy. Like I didn't even smoke until I had my ostomy bag. And when we lived in California, I didn't smoke. We moved to Colorado and I had my surgeries and stuff like that. And I was told to kind of try, you know, weed to help with like pain relief and inflammation and all kinds of like health benefits. And I remember having that last surgery and leaving the hospital being like, I don't want pain medication. I don't want anything. And I went home and like from day one of leaving the hospital, I was just eating edibles because they were helping so much with like, pain relief. And, you know, I even tell people to this day, I actually, I have a funny story to tell. I went to the doctor, not just this past week. And it was the first primary care physician I'd been to since I had my ostomy. And then since I've started actually smoking consistently or eating edibles consistently. And so I had to write on my health questionnaire, you know, it's like, do you smoke? And I was like, nope. And do you drink? Nope. Do you use any recreational anything? And I was like, yes like shaking as I'm like writing it because I'm like this is so bad I have to say I smoke weed and I like filled out the form and I went back into the office and she was like okay well so you don't smoke you don't drink you don't do anything and I'm like perfect and she was like so tell me about you know you is it marijuana and I was like yes it's marijuana <laughs> and I use it for health purposes and health reasons I was explaining everything but I was like how, you know, why I take it and how it was, you know, providing relief and stuff like that. And the funniest part was she was like, okay, so how do you take it? And I was like, well, I smoke sometimes and I take edibles. And so she was like, how do you smoke? And I was like, a a bong? And she laughed. And I was like, oh my God, it was the funniest thing having to tell my doctor that I smoked weed from a bong. Like it was just, but she accepted it and was like, this is awesome. You're not on prescriptions. You're not on, 
you know, all of these things that are just fucking up your inside so much. And just so happy that I was able to find relief through marijuana. Well, I think it's true because you, you sort of get like the shakes. It's been like a, a slap on the wrist for our upbringing. It sounds like we all share that same experience. And I agree too that I'm happy you brought up the medicinal aspect of things because that's when I started to really open my mind about it in adult life. Um, my grandfather, uh, when he was undergoing chemo and we were you know in the process really of, of losing him, unfortunately, it was really a matter of keeping him comfortable. Um, and I remember a family member had suggested potentially um, using CBD lollipops just so that he could sleep better in the night just to help alleviate any pain um, to give him a bit of rest and I remember being really opposed to it I was really upset and they were like I mean really do you think I would do something that would would hurt him of course not this is our family member I'm I'm really researching and I'm looking into things that would be helpful for him and so in in hearing that and knowing that your my family member is coming from a place of a beautiful heart and, and only wanting to help, I looked into it more and into learning about what CBD was all about. And I was like, wow, okay, that's interesting. That, you know, doesn't have like the psychedelic aspect of things. It really can be used for anxiety or stress or sleep or um, really just calming you down type of thing. And I, I saw that it worked for him. And it was in seeing that, um, that it made me open my mind to experimenting it with for myself with CBD specifically. Um, and then a little later on, uh, you know, in a little, a couple of years later, trying with like a mix, some of them come with like CBD and THC mixed or like lower percentage of one than another. I only have ever done anything that has been CBD high. Like that is like CBD highest percentage. Um, it's where I, it helps me with my anxiety as well. And so, um, yeah, I think that experience taught me maybe I could ask some questions. What are the stories I've been learned or like I have learned or been raised to believe about this and maybe what could it be in terms of a help instead and, and how can I learn more about it? So, you know, to anybody listening, we're talking experimentation here, but really at the end of the day is you need to um, ask, ask questions for yourself, get those answers from reputable sources. Um, you know, don't be shy to ask those questions and do what feels right for you. But I, I am happy that I did decide to reconcile that really terrible experience with THC when I was in high school and realized that it can be used for other really great benefits. And of course, in knowing the two of you, I've been able to see how it impacts the both of you for the better as well. You definitely are, you're more user heavy than I am in that way, but I think it helps me feel more safe in the sense of if I wanted to use, you know, something I know I could ask you questions and that you wouldn't judge whether or not I want to do that. And I think that that's really the thing that helps you feel safe is a good environment if you're choosing to. Totally agreed. And don't think that the feeling is mutual. Raina and I feel that you are our safe space for the, you know, things that, that are to come. But I think it's interesting because, you know, you hear about a lot of people microdosing now with psilocybin. And so I'm just so open because what's so interesting to me about drugs is how it can completely change the way you perceive things. And so anytime that I have done drugs, consumed drugs, whether it was a good experience and okay, or maybe I peed my pants. I mean, like these are details we don't need to get into right now, but you know, you, <laughs> but you want to say to yourself, like, do I have a safe place? Is everything okay? You know, the, those, those things need to be checked, but I will share, I mean, Raina and I giggle about this all the time. We would love to do ayahuasca. Like it, we talk oh. about much. Oh, right. I know that there's Can you a, tell us what that is. Can you maybe share a little bit about what that is exactly? 
basically it's another, it's a, a medicinal plant. And the idea is that it's a cleansing. So it's a ritualistic, um, it is administered by shamans, which I'm here for. And so bring it. Uh, bring it. Uh, one place that I always kind of look, I follow them on Instagram. I think they're called Solterra and they're based out of Costa Rica. And it is just, you go there and you experience, you cleanse trauma and it helps you move pain, I guess. It, it, it helps you move memories. It helps you rebirth. It helps you um, connect. And I'm not opposed to seeing what else is out there. And if it's in a safe controlled environment, um, I'm, and I'm in Costa Rica, with one of my besties, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> like, listen, whatever company that was, message us. We're coming. We'll go for free. It's fine. We will happily come to your resort and retreat and do all the things. Like, I just hear stories. And I've read, there was a book I read that's called Lost Connections. And they talk about, how do you say it? Psilocybin therapy? And like, people really like having depression gone through this and anxiety gone through this because it just helps you work through so much past trauma. And I have talked to so many people, like even mushrooms, like I want to try mushrooms so bad just because I hear people talk about how you don't even look at life the same way again, right? Like it just opens your mind and expands you to just beyond what you can even imagine. And I'm like, I need it. Like I want it. I want to do it so bad. But I also like my background, I was married to an addict. And so it is very triggering. Even Allie, for you to say drugs, I'm just like, like I do this a little bit because I don't see it as a drug. I don't see weed as a drug. I don't see mushrooms as a drug. I don't see, you know, I feel like those things are so natural where I look at like the things that my ex-husband struggled with and I'm like, that's drugs. And that's what I'm not going to mess around with. And that's like where I draw the line. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And, and it, it is all about where your comfort is and safety. And, and I get it because like a drug experience for one person uh, can be laced with so many levels of things that can make you feel uncomfortable. The minute that it doesn't make me feel comfortable, I'm not doing it. But I wanted to say that I just pulled up their Instagram, Solterra Healing Center. And their last post, how great is this? It's called, uh, it's just like a quote and it says, what healing could be possible if we all lived more from the heart? And so for some of these places and for some of these drugs, whether it's weed, whether it's psilocybin, maybe, maybe you're going to the extreme and you're thinking ayahuasca, or I stumbled upon through a friend, um, a drug called DMT, which is supposed to take you to the moments before death. And it's like connecting to your spirit and, you know, like Do you think you'd want to know that? I know. Like, well, what do you think would come up? in your moments before death? Like what do people experience in that? Is it like- Apparently, the, well, the thing is it's supposed to bring you to the absolute most peaceful, connective, one love. It's not because, you know, this is, this is from a spiritual holistic idea. Again, it's another plant-based medicine. So these are all plant-based. We're not talking the ecstasy, the molly, the cocaine, the heroin. That's not what we're talking about. We're on 420 kind of dissecting the more- We're in our thirties, okay guys? Mm -hmm. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> well, I want to mention too. That's just, what I was just gonna say, Amanda. Like it's it's 
I love that you are also the flip side to this coin. Rain and I are getting flushed in the cheeks and like ready to book plane tickets. And Amanda is like, we really are. Yeah. And we're like, and Amanda wants no part of this. So well, I think what's interesting for me to hear you guys say this is that it takes you to a space outside of yourself and the experiences I've had with just THC, which is all I've ever tried. And it was maybe once or twice, you know, I think the second time around that I ever tried it, which was years, years after that first experience, I told you that's how much it traumatized me. It was just as bad. The second experience was just as bad. It was every single thing that makes me my most anxious, my deepest, darkest fears, reliving the deaths of loved ones that I've witnessed in real life. It was, I, I thought I was dying. It was incredibly unpleasant. And it, it, it has solidified for me that that's not it. Like that's not the thing that's gonna help me feel like I'm having a good time with experimentation. And so hearing about ayahuasca or DMT or these things, like my mind is an incredibly terrifying place almost at this point. Is that normal? Like have the two of you ever experienced anything like that? Because I will admit that it's my turn off for it is. I, I wonder what it is that makes you specifically it's almost like a freak out. Like you have like a bad reaction to it. And I don't yeah. have an answer. I wonder what it is. Well, I was going to ask if, are you anxious before you even consume something? Because I wonder if you're already in the state of worry, like, oh my goodness, I shouldn't be having THC. Oh my God. What is weed? What? It, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. You yeah. then cross a line where you knew you maybe didn't want to do that. Therefore, whatever the experience is, like the quote I just read, your heart isn't open to it. And again, I am not saying, Amanda, go do your drugs, go do drugs. You got to be open to it. I think that that's amazing. My husband is the same. He has, I think he smoked weed, the same as you, like twice. That's it. And when I've said to him, oh, let's try this or oh, what about this? He's like, nah, it's not my jam. And that's cool. That's good. Like you live the high off of life. Um, but I just wonder if maybe the state you're in before something like that happens brings it all over. Because for me, I am primed and ready to go. Like my, I've got a smile <laughs> on, I'm ready to go. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be hilarious. I'm going to laugh so hard. Or like, I know that they're, I've got good music on. Like it's the whole thing is ready. Well, to I answer your question, I think, sorry, Raina, go ahead. No, I, I, I've heard the exact same thing. And that's all I want to share is because I've had this like, I'll do weed all day, but then I think about mushrooms and other stuff and I'm like, I'll drive through Denver and I'll see homeless people like drooling on themselves and like hitting themselves in the head. I'm like, that's what I'll be in public if I'm on shrooms. Like I just know it. And so, but it, because of that, you know, I've been told like, you need to kind of like chill before you do it. Because if you are worked up and worried and crazy and anxious, like you're going to have a bad trip, if you will, because you're just not in the right headspace. So that's a huge fear of mine to even doing this other stuff is like, I need to kind of breathe and like calm the fuck down before I actually do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I And I will say, I think I have a natural backbone of anxiety, if you will, not to brag, but <laughs> I just think it's like an undertone of my very existence. And so really it's just, I, I sort of feel like it was just the, the deepest, darkest depths of self that are, are smushed down and, and strangleholded into a dark space so that on day to day I can operate at a good level, but really I'm suppressing the feeling that's there. And I will also mention that the second time that I did do it, it was with oils 
like the tincture drops and edibles. And I do think I didn't take the advice of the be really patient. This stuff takes a minute to kick in. And I can vividly remember myself saying, I don't think it's working for me. So let's do a drop more. When in reality, I should have slowed my roll, let things take their own natural pace and go with the flow versus trying to force relaxation on myself. Guys, listen to me, it backfired. Don't do it, <laughs> do it, do it slow and controlled. I'm just picturing you sitting on the couch being like one more drop won't hurt and the next thing you're just like birds are flying on my face like you're just you know visualizing all this chaotic stuff I'm sure yes it was absolutely that I mean I was just I just kept looking at my hands it was just such a funny experience but I want to actually mention a documentary on Netflix which I found really enlightening it's called have a good trip um and what's really cool about it is that if any of you have ever watched it let us know but what I enjoyed about it was getting that perspective of people and, and what they visualized and sort of what their senses got to tap into with doing things like mushrooms or, or you know, different types of experimentation. Definitely check it out to learn more. And I enjoyed the openness about it. There were many who were saying, I got to hear the grass make music. I got to see colors sing i got to you know like things that don't make sense to our our wavelength of, uh, you know on a normal day on a monday let's say but but to have that sort of conversation makes me you know is is a cool thing for me to realize that there might be more out there to experience and 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 it could be a really open heart opening thing for when you do operate your day to day and what was cool too was that in this documentary you know there were also people who were like it just wasn't for me like i wouldn't do that stuff again and so i was like okay cool so it just you know for some people it's totally their jam other people felt like i did um but i mean have you guys ever seen that because i if you if you have i'd love to know if it felt true to you at all i haven't seen the documentary but i can tell you that i have seen grass sing like I have felt the birds talk to me and tell me my soul. <laughs> and it is the way that you just said that is exactly the thing. I hear music differently. I don't know the you, I can't explain it, but like different songs I hear differently. The, some things feel a bit different. Um, certain friends of mine that I know I've really, I mean, Raina and I have had very huge laugh attacks at different things that probably weren't funny. <laughs> <laughs> very um, huge laugh attacks but also on the same note very deep amazing conversation because of that as well a hundred percent and to piggyback on your Netflix I think you know and this one is very out there but Netflix also has a documentary about the drug I was telling you about DMT and it's called the spirit molecule and it is all about the DMT drug bringing you right to that open hearted moments before death kind of feeling. And it's, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half documentary, but again, it shows you all sides of it, but it also shows you the science. And so when I hear about the science behind some of these drugs, and again, we are not talking the chemically laced drugs, we are talking the plant-based um, medicinal vibing drugs. Um, it kind of makes me feel a bit better about doing them because yeah, I, I just like, I just think about, I would have cramps, period cramps, and I would jam Advil and Midal down my throat. And I'd be like, oh my God, this is, uh, and then all of a sudden I figured out CBD and THC tinctures and I've never looked back. Exactly. I think Raina and I both just sort of like raised our hand with, with joy too. It's just like, 
we're, we're so easy to go and get the Tylenol, the Aleve, the Advil right off the shelf and to feel confident that whatever's in that pill that they put out, that the pharmacy, that the corporation said are the way to heal um, is the best for us. And sure, they probably work. It's why you use them. It's why I too use them with like period cramps and things like that. Um, but I, I have decided to go other routes. Like even if it's just using um, a peppermint roll-on of essential oil, I use that just around my temples and over my forehead and even on the back of my neck. Um, I, I believe CBD has been really helpful as well. And I know where that's coming from. And, if, you know, it's just, it feels a little bit more like I'm just thinking outside the box. And so I think opening your mind to whatever degree feels like it makes sense for you is the way to roll. And I think my question for both of you is, you know, you're both parents, you're bo you both have uh, kids of your own. Like, what would you feel or say in terms of when they become like eight, 17, 18 one day and they're going through their own experiment, like experimentation phase, what is your reaction, mom? Like, what's the deal? What's your thought? Well, I'm borderline living this. And to be honest, it's probably like a every other day conversation, like between Mackenzie showing me Snapchats of all of her friends taking like shots on Snapchat, like in their basement, like drinking and all of these things. And then like me coming down and smoking, like she's just got questions about everything at this age and she'll be 15 next month. And so, I mean, that's when I started experimenting. And so I'm extremely honest with her about weed and what it is and the same with drinking. And I communicate why I do one and not the other. And, you know, also spit facts about why one and not the other and death rates of one and not the other and that kind of thing. And so I've flat out told her, I said, listen, when you are ready to experiment, I will be an ear and a voice if you want one, um, but I'd rather you start with weed than alcohol, please. <laughs> and that's all I've really said to my daughter so far. <laughs> and I, I always said to my husband, I want to be the house that hosts the kids. So I'm not gonna be a blind parent where I don't know that things are going on. Things are going to go on, but I want them under my roof. And then I will be the one that is, oh, I see the alcohol. Oh, I see. I can smell the weed. Um, you know, yeah. And maybe they'll pass it to me. <laughs> <laughs> what a healthy way to think of that, because I, I think it would, will allow for open dialogue for, um, for, you know, vulnerability too. You know, sometimes you won't turn to a parent because you're afraid of the judgment. You're too shy to ask the question. And so um, I think that you turn to your inner circles, but probably a parent would be more than willing to discuss it if you're willing to be open about these things. So I thought that's really rad that both of you be down for that. Well, Kinsey doesn't even have like an inner circle at this point anymore. I mean, she's been in homeschool for like a year prior to, you know, going back to public school for three months and then quarantine. And we've been in quarantine since, or, you know, virtual school since for the last year. But I have to, I mean, I agree with Allie where I'd like, I'd rather be the person that's like, you're at my house. I know what's going on. Like I see her friends on Snapchat. She shows me just like almost out of embarrassment slash entertainment. Like, look what these teenagers are doing. And I know that like 15 was the time when I started experimenting with alcohol and with weed and all of these things. And my parents weren't educating me on it. They weren't giving me like the sex talk, right? That we had with Kat. Like I was like, no, I'm going to just try it and see what's so bad. And it was the same with alcohol and the same with weed where I don't want her to have to do that. I want her to be able to come to a parent and say, 
hey, I'm thinking about trying this or my friends mentioned this to me, what are your thoughts on it? And I wanna be able to be honest and say, we'd lost them, but don't do this, 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 or this, right? And same with alcohol and same with sex. I just want them to be in the know versus social media knowledge of it. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And I also wanna be on the other side of the coin, <clears throat> excuse me, which is, that maybe those times when the kids want to just do it on their own and then not tell their parents, I also just want them to know that the safety net will always pick them up. I'll pick up your drunk ass wherever you are. I'll pick up your high ass wherever you are. And we will discuss it after. <laughs> so, you know, like that there will always be an out. I will always be there to kind of pick up the pieces and giggle. Giggle, I think giggle. All the hugely giggles. powerful All, giggle and maybe you know they'll pass it your way but it's powerful given that um you know part of the reason even i remember being so afraid of it was discussing it or making it be something that you know is like reina was saying she has her stats she has her numbers she's done her in-depth homework she's done her personal homework as well and is able to then share a little bit about what exactly the benefits are and, and why it makes sense um, for her and to critically think essentially it's just empowering others to think about what feels right for them and and ask a couple more questions and so that really is what inspired us to chat a bit more about ex experimentation today and it's just been amazing to see all the feedback we've gotten from these episodes we feel like we've cracked open we feel like we have opened our hearts and minds a little bit too to what we share on rad and um we just can't wait to keep bringing more so to everybody who's you know tuning in today or maybe you're catching a previous episode just make sure that you like comment we always read the comments share it on your social it really helps us pay this rad vibe forward to others when you do that and we see it and we're just so appreciative um and make sure that you check it out every friday we have new episodes and we're just so excited to keep bringing more rad stuff your way so until then we will see you next time